Move the World is partnering with the Readiness Lab, the home for podcasts, webinars, and training in the field of emergency and disaster services. I'm George Siegel, and this is the Move the World podcast. Every week, we feature interviews with people dedicated to making the world a better place. Hi, everybody. Thank you for taking your time today to check out and listen to the Move the World podcast. Um, Our goal with this podcast every week is to introduce you to people who are doing something in their job or in their life that makes the world a better place. And uh, we applaud them for that and hope you find them as interesting as we do. Also want to tell you about a couple of things um, that I have going on. Two of my documentary films are available to see online and you can get them on our website, movetheworldfilms.org. You can just rent them right there. The Last House Standing and Licensed to Parent are both available on there and it would sure be great if you would check those out. And we're also excited about our new partnership with the Readiness Lab. If you go to their website, you can check them out and there's a bunch of interesting podcasts on there and you'll find our podcast listed on there as well. My guest today is Moshe Mikanovsky. He's an author of the upcoming novel, The Resurrector, which comes out in December of this year. And he's the co-host of the Product for Product podcast and overall a creative person. Moshe, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for, for having me, George. I uh, really uh, thankful to be here and uh, I, I'm looking forward for our chat. Absolutely. So Moshe, tell us, uh, tell us what you do to move the world. Yeah. So one of the things that I really like doing is make people happy. And um, in the things that I'm trying to do, both in my personal life, in my professional life, I'm trying to create value to people that will make them happy. So in my professional life, I'm a product manager of software uh, digital products. And that's what I'm trying to do, to create value for the users of this product so they're happy using it. For um, in my outside of professional work, uh, you mentioned my book that is coming up. I'm trying to write a story that people will have written. Hopefully they will have it. <laughs> um, you can see also some of the paintings I have behind me. I used to paint in the past, uh, sometimes these days as well. Um, I was always thinking about would people like these pictures. I, I really like you know to create this additional value for people. Now those are boats over your right ear. Is that are those two two boats on the yes. shore? Yeah, these boats. are two boats. Yeah. On sh- uh, this I painted actually um, at um, Toronto Island. I don't know if people know, but Toronto is. Uh, I live in Toronto, and we actually have an island uh, in in the lake. And uh, people live on that island. It's a beautiful place. So there is a ferry. You can go there. And then I went with a group of people, um, also painters, and we just painted um, uh, in a location. And that was a couple of boats that I saw there. Yeah, obviously, you went in a warm time of the year. Um, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I could be really, I lived in Detroit for three years, and you're, mm-hmm. you're further north. We went up to Toronto a couple of times. Spectacular, beautiful city, but too yes. darn cold for me. Now, you don't like cold weather either, do you? I don't. <laughs> I'm originally from Israel, and it's a bit uh, tough, uh, even though I've been here for many years. And actually, I lived in Detroit also before that for six years. I lived in uh, Oak Park. And um, I, I think it's uh, only a couple degrees colder here in uh, Toronto than Detroit. So it's about the same. Uh, but uh, you're right. I don't like the, the cold weather. I prefer the heat. Yeah, Detroit really gets a bad rap, but the only thing I didn't like about it was the cold weather. I thought the people that were great and <laughs> yes, uh, definitely. Really, really a nice city. So it's interesting when you talk about moving the world and you talk about doing it through 
through making people feel better. There's so many mm -hmm. angry people right now that if you truly can make people feel better, I believe that can be a huge part in moving the world, just getting people to calm down. Yes, definitely. And, and people, for some reason, they either they live in their heads or they're not mindful about what these affect their life. And uh, it, it's definitely one of those things that I see, I, I do see also more and more people are trying to make that change. So people will not be that angry all the time. So it's definitely, if you can find venues for um, become, uh, you know, more content with yourself and happier, then I'm, I'm all there to help with that. Now, have you written books before? Will this be your first endeavor into writing a book? That will be my first. Um, I actually wrote this book uh, eight years ago. So it's been a very long process. Um, I wrote it uh, during um, NaNoWriMo, which is a national novel writing month, uh, which actually happens right now. Every, every November uh, for 30 days, people around the world are sitting and writing books. And I decided eight years ago, my daughter, actually, she wanted to do that with some friends. She had an idea for a story and she said, I'm going to write it this year. And I'm like, OK, I'm going to do it with you. So we, we did that. And at the end of the month, I had a story in my hand. And that was the story of The Resurrector, which is the book that I'm publishing. Um, it took me a very long time to revise it and learn how to actually write because <laughs> I didn't really know what I was doing back then. So I took classes at the University of Toronto for creative writing. And I wrote um, several uh, versions of it. And I got feedback from my professors and from my uh, you know, co-students uh, and also some beta readers. And um, finally, I got a uh, publisher uh, recently. It's a hybrid publishing. It's called the New Degree Press. And I'm going to publish you with them. And since then, I wrote actually a few other books also through NaNoWriMo. So I have a bit more stories in my uh, uh, back drawer to, to work on next. Now, that's great that, that you did that. My uh, dipping my toes in the water with writing books was children's books. And I didn't have a lot. I mean, I thought the books were good, but I didn't have a lot of success with it in terms of, of people actually buying it. Um, but it was fun. But this is somewhat more complicated. Your, your story, a stranger arrives and gives the father a second chance to see his dead son. Yes. Where, where'd that come from? <laughs> um, yeah. So in the Jewish prayers, uh, there is a verse about God resurrecting the dead in the future. And every time that I pass through this verse, um, I had this nugget of idea. What if it's not in the future and it's, it's not God, but a person that can do that? He has this power to, you know, bring someone from the dead. Uh, so that was really the nugget of idea that I, I sat down in November 2013 uh, and uh, with. But then I had to come up with a story. So I, I knew that people are, it's easier to write what you know. So I based it in the family in Israel, where I'm from, in the same city where I'm from, with the same background of my family. Um, the story is completely fictional, but it helped me visualize a lot of these things. And then from that point on, uh, I knew that I wanted to be uh, like this family that lost someone. And then this person comes, a stranger comes in and resurrect the dead for one of the family members and and the story just erupted like throughout that month it just i didn't have it in my head i didn't plan on it but it just came to be now what's it like with the setting in israel i know a lot of people that i know have been there and they love uh, the experience of having traveled there 
in mm-hmm. my mind, I always picture it like you're kind of, you have to sneak around because people are trying to shoot you all the time, which is probably oh. kind of ignorant on my part because I hear it's actually probably safer than most other places. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. You know, it, it's, um, it's not what you see in the news and uh, it's like any other country that you live in. When you just hear about the news, you think, oh, it's this, you have a very stereotypes about it, but it's definitely farther from, uh, from that. Uh, it's a very, it's quite safe uh, to travel over there, you know, with COVID and whatever, it's, it's a different story altogether, but they also um, um, went uh, forward with uh, all the vaccines, like ahead of everyone. So things are really moving uh, fast over there from that perspective. But uh, security wise, uh, you know, there are lots of very safe places to travel over there. Um, and if you know where you are, you know where you're going, uh, you go with someone that knows, it's usually not a problem at all. Yeah, I don't think I could sit on a plane that long, though. Maybe I, I, always, <laughs> I always get the middle seat. Um, so do you, do you believe in life after death? It's a very good question, um, which I always uh, contemplate. I, I do and I don't. So on one hand, I want to believe that there is something going on after. And I also believe that there is some energy between people and between us all connecting us somehow together. On another uh, level, I'm also, you know, I'm living these two stories. And that's why I'm telling a story. And it's only a story. It's fiction. And and I'm also um, trying to be realistic about what are the things that I can actually uh, see and 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 put my hands on. So, you know, there is no scientific method to prove it. So it's it's very hard to believe in it. But it, it's it's still an open question that I think every day uh, the answer is maybe a bit different. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, it would be nice to 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 know. You know, it's like if, if somebody could just come back and let us know that everything's okay. Um, exactly. It doesn't exactly. work out that way though. So. Mm-hmm. Um, w- when the book comes out, you're going to be doing a lot of publicity for it. You got to, uh, what's the plan for, for getting it out there in front of people? Yeah. So I'm planning a lot of, uh, things with my, um, publisher. Uh, some of them are going to be like, um, um, different type of marketing materials on social media, on my websites, like articles around the topics of the, of the book, uh, just to shed a bit more light about it. Um, I'm also planning to uh, connect with, uh, hopefully, with a lot of um, book clubs around uh, around the world. One one of the things I like about reading books is to learn about cultures of other countries, and this is one of those opportunities for people to actually learn about uh, Jewish culture and uh, Israeli culture in a in a very specific way. So I hope also uh, book clubs will be interested in that. So that's one of the of the ways I'm try I will try to do that. Um, appearing on bo- a podcast like yours, and uh, again, thank you for that opportunity, and um, also applying for some awards. So hopefully, I will be able to get uh, a couple of them, uh, which um, should help with with that uh, marketing uh, efforts as well. Now, I also read where in your painting and in your writing, it's important to you to bring Jewish heritage to your creative endeavors. Why? What, what's the importance of that for you? I, I think that it's a twofold thing, and it's a bit more these days. Uh, one thing is about just, you know, this is me. This is who I am. This is my personality. That's where I'm coming from. Uh, the symbolism that are coming uh, from that specific background. So it, it's just natural to me to, to bring it out there. And it's uh, something that uh, I'm, I'm authentic about. And then the second thing, you know, in the last year, there was more and more 
issues with uh, anti-Semitism around the world and, and, and stuff like that. So I think that um, through art, uh, through um, visual art or uh, storytelling, it's very, um, it's a great way for people to learn about diversity and about other cultures and, and see that, you know, we're just the same as everyone else. Uh, we might uh, have different um, um, traditions, we might have different uh, symbols, but at the end of the day, we're all human. So that's also the other, the other importance for me. Now, you're also, I mean, being in Toronto, okay, well, I, I can say you have th three different angles coming at you with COVID. You're, you're close to the United States, so you see how they're mm -hmm. handling it. You see how Canada's handling it. And you probably know a lot of people over in Israel and see how yes. they're handling it. What's yeah. your impression of how the whole thing Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very um, a debatable uh, thing. Uh, I, I think that uh, one of the... I, I watch a lot of news from Israel because uh, we can watch them over here and people, uh, Israel is, is, is really big on news. Like they love the news. They were talking all the, all the time about stuff. And, uh, and then of course I have the family, all my family lives there. So uh, the restrictions of going over to travel, we missed a couple of bar mitzvahs in the last year in the family uh, because we couldn't travel over there to, to join them. So it, it's definitely, I think that, um, uh, I love how they are pushing forward, you know, in Israel to to do things, but uh, and get the vaccine fast and have everyone vaccinated and all of that stuff. But on the other end, there is also, um, you know, people are impatient about things, so uh, they travel even with the restrictions. They travel even with, uh, uh, you know, not vaccinated. And I'm like, you know, be a bit more, uh, you know. Um, patient about these things let let's think die down and 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 i think that sometimes because of people impatience in some areas uh the the this covid doesn't really die down as sooner as it should be yeah is has the vaccine been effective over there you think i know a large part uh, percentage of the population was vaccinated but then you yeah. i read some articles that say they've had a lot of breakthrough infections and everything how, how have you heard it really is going over there so, so from what I've seen is that they actually did like uh, three weeks in between, like the recommendations of the different like uh, Pfizer and, and Moderna. And in Canada, actually, they postponed it. In the beginning, we were supposed to get it only six months in between or five months in, or something like that, mm -hmm. because uh, they didn't believe the, the recommendations. And they said that usually in different vaccinations, you have to wait longer. And eventually, because of the um, different waves that happened here in Canada, they actually reduced the time. So we got it faster than that. But we still, there was, I think, uh, like three or three months between the two, the two vaccinations that we got. And, and what happened is um, after the Delta got to Israel, they realized that now actually they need a booster and they, it's not as effective. And they did see that if you do it a longer time in between the shots, it's more effective. So uh, what I've heard is that now they approved um, the vaccination for kids in Israel. It just happened last week. And they are going to do longer time between the two shots uh, over there. So, you know, they're, they're learning and, and they're looking at other places, what happened and what works and what not. Um, but, but in general, it, it's just, it just becomes a headache for everyone. <laughs> You know, those that are for it, those that are against it, and every place has that, and which I also I don't understand. But. Yeah, I mean, once because once politics enters into anything, there you go. 
Half exactly. people are going to hate it because hey. it's no longer about what's good for you and me. It's what's good for our side versus what's good for your side. Exactly. And, and I think that's one of the things that I'm most frustrated about in, the, in, in trying to do anything to move the world is you're automatically, if, if, if you come out with some kind of position, you're going to run into a lot of headwind of, of hate for, yeah. from half the people out there. That's kind of yeah. crazy. Interesting enough, these three countries had elections during COVID. Um, and um, in, both in Israel and, and the US, uh, the government changed. In Canada, it remained. So maybe people are happy here with what the Canadian government did. Uh, maybe we're still Canadians in a way that, yeah, things are fine, then let's not just change it. Home. <laughs> Do you ever think of moving south to warmer weather? I mean, I'm down in Florida and uh, it rarely freezes down here. <laughs> well, I, I would love to have warmer weather, but uh, my place, actually, my dream is to live in Italy one day. So maybe over there. Yeah. Oh, I love Italy. You know, it's funny. My, um, it, it went down to uh, under 70 the other day here. And my mm -hmm. daughter was wearing a jacket all bundled up. And I said, what's the matter? What, what are you cold? And she goes, dad, this isn't why I moved to Florida. And uh, <laughs> it's funny. And it was, uh, uh, we, we went with the kids when they were younger. We went to Disney World. And one day, and we went during uh, Christmas break. And one day it was zero degrees, like um, 30 something. I think it's zero, zero Celsius yeah. in, in Orlando. About 32. 32. And people went nuts over there. They didn't understand what's going on. Uh, people were not ready for it, of course. We had our coats from Toronto, so <laughs> we just wore them. We didn't have any issue. But people, you know, they bought all the jackets they could find in the Disney stores. And you know how expensive those are. Or yeah. they bought, or they wrapped themselves with, with um, blankets and towels and stuff like that. But that was really uh, crazy. I mean, you, and, and for us also, it was a bit weird because you go on vacation to Florida to be in the warm weather, not to bring the, the cold weather with you. Yeah, I remember days, though, in Detroit when it would warm up above uh, below zero and we would be wearing T-shirts because it's all relative to, exactly. to what you came from. People go, to the, go in the uh, ocean down here mm -hmm. in the winter. Floridians aren't going to do that. It's too, yeah. too cold. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I know it's it's all perspective um, uh, yes. in, in terms of cold weather, and I would assume not deal with it. Um, so if you had to give advice to people in terms of they have an idea like you did, you, you wrote a book or your goal is to make people happy, what would you tell people who are who have something that they think might be creative or could benefit people, but they're just not doing anything with it? Well, first of all, try and do it. That's the first thing. Um, but I know that it's easier said than done. The, what I've seen with people are saying is that they're not creating enough. So they, are, they don't know where to find this creativity. And creativity, I think what blocks people is they think if they don't know how to draw or how to paint, they're not creative. But that's not what creativity is all about. So first of all, be mindful about the fact that creativity is not that, but creativity is about finding different ways to do things and sometimes to create something from nothing or to create something that wasn't there before. And people can, if they have an idea, then that's, you know, they are already creative. So it's about ways to, you know, to find time to do it. Sometimes people will say, I don't have the time to do it. So I, I wrote my book, many of the paragraphs of the books or pages of the books, I actually wrote on the subway on my phone while I was commuting to work because that was the only time I had. 
So you, you can sometimes just find, you know, the, the time, even if you think you don't have it. And, um, and then when, when, you, when you have something down, don't think that, oh, because it does, it's not perfect, um, I can't do anything with it. Um, but learn a bit more about, you know, what will help you to make it better. Uh, learn from others, take courses like I did. Uh, and then, you know, build it in iteration. And that's one of the things I'm doing on my job as a product manager. I build things in, in iterations. I don't necessarily, I know that the first thing I will build will not be perfect, but I build it, I put it out there, I get feedback from people, um, and then I change it. And then I make it better and better all the time. If you think about, you know, um, uh, products out there, uh, if you're using Microsoft Word or if you're using Google, you know, documents, uh, the first version that you used uh, a while ago is not, doesn't look at all the same way as it is today because these things are improving all the time. So the same way, we, the last thing we produce is not necessarily the best thing, but it doesn't mean that we cannot make better. Yeah. And I, I always tell people too, though, at some point you have to call it good. It's like, if I, if I make a film or write a blog or, or something, I can make it better every day and keep chipping at it and chipping at it and chipping at it. And mm -hmm. sometimes that becomes a thing where you just never finish it. It's finishing yeah. disease. Yeah. Um, so at some point you have to call it good, but you're right. You got to at least start doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the first step right there. Well, listen, uh, Moshe Mikanovsky, the book is called The Resurrector. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm looking forward to reading it. I can't wait till it comes out. I think it'll, it'll be really interesting. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm also really excited. Uh, this is a very uh, interesting process that I've gone through to actually publish it. And um, now um, the editing is almost done. I have a cover for design that I just uh, finalized yesterday and I didn't reveal it yet. So I'm going to do a reveal soon online. Um, I'm, I'm thinking how to do the reveal, so it will be, uh, you know, interesting as well. Uh, but this is really interesting and uh, and cool and and exciting. And I'm sure the minute that I hold the book in my hand, this will be over. I'll be overwhelmed with that. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be an exciting feel, feeling for you, and I, I wish you much success with it. Thanks for coming on. Th thank you very much, and I appreciate the time here. And um, thank you for having me. It was really a pleasure, George. Thank you for joining me today on the Move the World podcast. Once again, if you have a chance, stop by my website, movetheworldfilms.org, and you can check out the documentary films that I made and also see other episodes of this podcast. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.